for all those who want to nerd out, this is the gear episode. I have uh, saved this till near the end because I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but for others of you, it is uh, specifically the reason that you've come to this podcast is you're looking for solutions to camping with kids because the gear that is pushed on most advertising, most stores is designed for uh, camping with adults or camping fast and light or uh, specific to backpacking or specific to um, glamping, uh, but there's not an awful lot of quality advice about what works well for camping with a young family for multiple days. So uh, I refer you back to season one to some of our comments about gear and tech tips and uh, camping hacks with Jill from season one, but I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some of the new systems we've tried out for this trip and I'm going to begin with something that seems a little bit mundane uh, and that is tent pegs. In fact, I remember as a kid uh, with my first few tents, uh, I sort of scoffed at pegs. I always thought uh, pegs are for people who are scared of getting blown away and they're useless because once you have your gear inside the tent and certainly once you're sleeping in it, there is no way it is going to blow away, which may or may not be true, but that showed that I just didn't understand what tent pegs were all about. A few camping trips in particular have helped me to realize the importance of tent pegs. Uh, One was a trip um, with my brother Kenneth, I think I referred to last season, where we were rafting and camping uh, for 110 miles uh, from the Yukon Territory down to Glacier Bay, Alaska, rafting uh, along the Tatsunshini Alsek River. And we went for something like eight or nine days without, e- without seeing another human who wasn't part of our party or even hearing an airplane. So very remote, and we were um, the last party of the season, so it was uh, well into the shoulder season. We had a fair bit of snow, and most of the camping on that trip was on gravel bars uh, in the braided-out glacial river. And by the third day, I would say, of that trip, we were all borrowing the tent pegs I say tent pegs, but they actually weren't. The tent pegs of my friend Ryan, the the, uh, the one who lived in Alaska. And he had just brought along a whole bucket full of 12-inch or maybe 18-inch steel nails. And uh, those were the only things that were strong enough to get pounded into these uh, rock gravel bars without bending. Uh, other Smaller tent pegs were just too flimsy. They bent mangled or they were too short and they got ripped out uh, with the strong winds. So that was one trip. Another uh, trip I remember in Patagonia where uh, we the soil was fine for putting in tent pegs but the winds were strong and consistent and so if you just pegged out the footprint that is around the edge of the pe- the tent you could be inside sleeping soundly at no risk of blowing away but if you had not pegged out the guy lines then the tent itself would flatten on top of you uh which well it's it's disconcerting when you're sleeping to have uh, strong winds bowing the 
tent pulls down uh, so that it's more or less flat on top of you. So uh, it was on that trip that I began to realize uh, the importance of uh, pegging systems, guy ropes, uh, and strong three to four season tents uh, for high wind conditions. And then this last trip, uh, we were using a much uh, taller tent. We were using our um, Big Agnes Kingdom, or no, Flying Diamond 8 tent, which is a magnificent three season tent. Uh, but its peak height is probably around six feet. I can, I can stand in it with my head bowed, bowed. Uh, and so it, it's high, it's tall, it catches a lot of wind. And we had uh, as you heard earlier in this season, some terrific winds a few nights, uh, one uh, or two nights in Uray, Colorado, and, and then again uh, in uh, Altitude and Crested Butte. And it wasn't sustained, but it was serious, serious gusts, um, enough that I uh, was really glad that I had guide the tent out with uh, those guy lines on the windward sides of the tent to help give it extra stability. And that's, of course, what those guy lines do. They're not so much keeping the tent anchored to the ground as they are adding structural support so that your tent doesn't bow or bend uh, or get damaged in the wind. And what was interesting to me is that m- one of my other uh, Black Diamond backpacking tents came with great um, pegs, tent pegs. They were either uh, a cross cross section or a V cross section, some sort of uh, aluminum alloy, as I recall. It was surprising to me that this Flying Diamond 8, which is one of their uh, top shelf three season tents, came with uh, this sort of standard shepherd's crook aluminum uh, pegs and I'm so glad that prior to this season I had purchased uh, a few batches I'd say maybe 10 altogether 10 of um, 10 aftermarket tent pegs for this tent because I realized uh, just in, intuitively that those weren't going to cut it and I'm so glad I did because not only were these other tent pegs much more durable but they held better and when I had to resort to the pegs that came with this tent they often either pulled out or just uh, bent right over and were useless so let me tell you what I got for um, this tent and I actually ordered some more while we were on the trip and they are um, DAC that's a uh, just the letters DAC. It's a company that designs the and manufactures the tent poles actually for the, our tent and for a number of tents across uh, different brands. And they make probably the best um, uh, high performance backpacking uh, and tent poles that are out there right now with aluminum alloys. And they also make these tent pegs. I think their name is DAC V, as in the letter V Best tent pegs. So um, they need a new marketing person. It it's all sounds a little bit too like uh, alphabet soup and a little bit too gimmicky. But the tents, or sorry, the pegs are awesome. They're, they're made out of this high strength aluminum alloy. I got the, the, the long version or large version. They're about eight inches long. And I tell you, I use rocks to hammer these things, which, you know, isn't best practice, but unless 
uh, you're going to bring a hammer along, which I'm always loath to do. It's what you end up doing if you can't push it in with your foot. And I use rocks to pound these things into other rocks. And, and when the, the aluminum pegs that came with the tent were bending all over the place, uh, these pegs never bent. They did scuff up a bit. They did... Um, they got a little bit of fragment, uh, some sort of spurs and burrs on them, but I was glad to see when I was washing them off that even those spurs and burrs, for the most part, were not too sharp, so I didn't have to worry about filing them down before storing the pegs. Um, so I, I, I thoroughly recommend those uh, for whatever your uh, camping situation is, those DAC V-Best tent pegs. You can order them in a size, a length appropriate for uh, your application. All right, enough about tent pegs, uh, but they really do make a world of difference, and um, it's not just about keeping your tent on the ground. It's about structural support, and it made a great difference for my family to know that uh, the tent was not going to be bowing in or flattening on them while we slept through high winds. Okay, uh, water water storage. We knew that uh, unlike our backpacking trips where we carry water filtration, we knew on this trip we were going to be camping out of a car, but we're going to be spending multiple days camping in situations where access to potable water was not easy. And in fact, in some states, uh, we knew we wouldn't be near water at all. And so we wanted to be able to carry enough water uh, that it was not a constant, um, we, that we weren't constantly having to go find water but also uh you know we didn't want containers that were so large uh, that they're just unwieldy and you know the, the biggest problem of course with water storage or the two biggest problems are leakage and then the other one is uh, often they end up making water taste just terrible so i did a bit of searching around what i ended up going with was uh, something called water bricks uh they're it's a company that makes these water storage systems primarily for overlanding and uh, probably for preppers and sort of disaster preparedness people. Uh, and the plastic is good. We didn't notice it imparting any sort of taste to the water. It's BPA free. Uh, and you're supposed to be able to safely store water in those containers for months at a time. So I got four of those. Each of them store three and a half gallons of water and they nest neatly. They're sort of uh, rectangular cubes and they nest neatly on top of each other. And um, here's my review of them. They uh, are really, really solid and really, really durable. And those were the main things to me. Uh, and I thought that was great. And I love the way they packed and stacked. Uh, the downsides are these. Um, as some people pointed out, the way they're set up is just not designed for, for pouring or getting all of the water out. Uh, and so sometimes you're left with a little bit of water in the container that's a little hard to get out. They, there's a spigot system that uh, I purchased that we used, but it really only works well until the water is about midway empty and then you've got to put the thing on an angle. And uh, the lids can be a little bit finicky. Um, if you're a person who is not really detail-oriented about getting threaded lids seated properly on your water bottle, if you're always finding your water bottles leak, then these are probably not the ones for you because, um, because you don't want three and a half gallons of water leaking 
in your vehicle. But if you do get the lid seated properly and threaded all the way down, uh, then you shouldn't have any issues. We, we didn't when they were uh, threaded all the way down. Um, I think the three and a half gallon size was great. It was, it was easy enough to carry, uh, depending on who's going to be using it. That might be a little bit unwieldy for pouring. Uh, so often, uh, you know, that was certainly too large for the kids to refill their own water bottles from, unless we had the spigot on it. But so mixed review of those water bricks, uh, but they're, um, They worked well enough that I'm hanging on to them for now, and I like the quality of the build and the plastic, and I would just urge Waterbrick to to do some design tweaks uh, to straighten out those problems. We also needed a table uh, because, again, this was going to be dispersed camping. We weren't going to be at uh, established campgrounds that have picnic tables. And so we needed something that was large enough to, uh, to set up a sort of kitchen and even to eat at and that was durable and light and packable. And I ended up going with the uh, Summit Gear um, table that uh, it seemed like it met a lot of those things. It was um, adjustable height and we ended up using it for most of the trip on the bottom height which meant that I had to bend over to cook and do dishes uh, which wasn't ideal but it was a perfect height for our three little kids to sit out on stools and eat their meals and help uh, with the cooking which was great however and it was light and it was packable and it was fairly sturdy Um, however I just returned it uh, to REI for um, a refund thank you REI because uh, very quickly the 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 table surface itself is made of of sort of a sandwich between some some sort of uh, plastic and then there's like a particle board like a a high density cardboard uh, in between two layers of plastic or something like that and that once that cardboard began to absorb moisture it swelled and it cracked the plastic surface and uh, pretty quickly uh, began to uh, fall apart and so uh, i returned that and i would just um, urge um, mountain summit gear uh, sort that out like uh, there's if 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 this is a table designed for camping uh, it needs to be more durable uh, than that was Uh, otherwise the size uh, the rigidity, the collapsibility, uh, all of the and the weight, all of those things were great. Any other items uh, for this trip? Yeah, those were the main things. Oh, here's here's something that was a disaster on on this trip. Um, you know, we used our Pelican cooler uh, because we knew that we would be going multiple days. With, uh, without access to stores. So we wanted to be able to keep all of our perishables uh, cold at food-safe temperatures. And it worked well for that. We would often go three, four days um, without going to the grocery store, and, uh, and it would keep ice. And, um, and this was all during a significant heat wave in the United States. However, um, as the ice melted, here's a classic cooler problem. As the ice melted, it produced water, and then the water would get into the food, and then you've got a problem of, you know, water that's mixing around uh, uncooked meat and vegetables and all of this. So uh, Jill had anticipated these problems, and we packed some stuff up in what we thought was hermetic um, 
Tupperware sort of containers, and uh, she also purchased some cheap dry bags for this. But really, none of those things worked that well. Uh, the Tupperware ended up leaking, so early on we had all of our uh, uh, coffee that we ground at home uh, was floating in water, and uh, many of the cheap dry bags she'd purchased uh, ended up letting water in as well. And so we did end up throwing away a little bit of food that uh, we just didn't want to risk contamination. And so um, I know there are way, plenty of ways around this. They, you know, cooler companies sell uh, shelving and storage systems, um, and we could always uh, just buy dry bags that work or Tupperware that actually seals. But uh, I'd be eager to hear uh, if any of you have found uh, cheap, uh, durable, uh, and efficient solutions to that problem. All right, that's it for for gear review on this front, um, and maybe we'll add some more later.